Welcome to the Get to Vet podcast, where we bridge the knowledge gaps in the military transition process so you can focus on what's ahead. Hey, Get to Vet listeners, this is Mike. And now for my personal disclaimer, although I am active duty military, I'm not an official spokesperson of the United States Navy. Any of my views expressed on the Get to Vet podcast are based on my personal experience. Thanks for listening. Hey there, Get to Vet, Trevor Maxwell here. And with me as always is my partner in, uh, what do we call it? Transition podcasting, partner in podcasting. I like that. Yeah, I think it's all the above. Yeah, this is Mike Riggs. I'm just glad I got my name right this time. We are on a roll. It is truly awesome. I feel good about myself. It's a nice day out. Maybe I'll go for a swim later. I don't know. Who knows? But uh, hey, I'm excited to do today's episode because this is one that I know a lot of stuff about because it's it's something I'm actually doing right now. And uh, I, I thought it was really an awesome opportunity for transitioning service members who want to get into the financial services world where I'm working. Um, I came across this opportunity a while back. Uh, I'll, I'll just tell you a quick backstory and then I'll introduce our guest. You know, I got out, I was getting out of the Navy. I was like, oh, you know, I got to go do all this stuff. I got to, I got to go get an MBA, right? Cause that's what I thought was going to make me successful. I said, Hey, I have to have this MBA or nobody's going to want me. And I got out, got to work in the financial services industry and I already have a bachelor's in business. And I realized about a third of the way through my MBA program that I was basically paying them money and using my veteran benefits to take the same classes over again. And I came to that realization. I had that epiphany. I was like, okay, this isn't really helping me doing what I want to do. Now, if I wanted to go work at a big company where they were like, yeah, we need somebody with that experience or that, that pedigree, then yeah. Um, But I came across this opportunity because one of my mentors told me, hey, instead of the MBA, why don't you go look at some professional certifications that are out there and you still get some cool letters after your name and, you know, you get to learn about something that's a little more relevant to what you're doing for work. And I thought, yeah, okay. So I started looking around, you know, he told me about the ones that he had and I was like, okay, that's cool. Um, And then I came across... uh, the, the American College of Financial Services. And I looked through the programs and I saw the different ones out there, the CFP, um, the R, RICP, and the, the CHFC, Chartered Financial Consultant. That was one that really stuck out to me because I thought this is, this is something that's really relevant to what I'm doing. And you know I looked through the, what they talk about in the course and I thought, hey, this is awesome. And as I started doing some more research, um, we'll get into our guest today. Uh, you know, I met our guest applying for, um, when I was trying to figure out how to pay for it, I realized like, oh, these guys have scholarships for veterans that want to get some of these certifications. Um, and so our guest today, Ted Diggs, uh, works for the, uh, is it the Penn Mutual, uh, Center for Veterans Affairs? Is that right, Ted? It's right with the American College. It's, it's yep. a, yeah, American College is my employer, sure. Yep. And so I, I went through this process and I looked through everything and I thought, oh, this is awesome. And I was lucky enough to be awarded a scholarship. And I thought like, okay, hey, how can I pay this back? I can come on the show that I, you know, where there's tons of people. That's a really popular job, financial services for, for folks that are transitioning out and pay this forward uh, until I'm making enough money to where I can donate a scholarship. 
uh, I figured in the meantime, I would bring Ted in and let him talk about it a little bit and hopefully, you know, inform somebody about an opportunity that they didn't know about before. So Ted, go ahead and introduce yourself. Well, th thanks, Trevor. Great, great to be here. Yeah, my name is, uh, is Ted Diggs. I'm, I'm the executive director of the Veterans Center at the American College. And, um, and I'm, a, I'm a retired Navy, 27 years. And uh, so I've got, I've got my, my own transition story. But I want to touch on something, Trevor, that, that you mentioned. And that is the, the need to have a, an MBA or a master's degree and that kind of thing. And there, a lot of times that, that is appropriate. But I will, I will tell you that in this particular field, in financial services, uh, you actually don't even need an undergraduate degree. And, and one of the things, uh, the certification actually serves you better. Uh, and I've got a, a kind of an interesting anecdote on that. Um, I don't know how many of your listeners read a guy by the name of uh, Malcolm Gladwell. He, he's the one who wrote uh, Blink and, and uh, The Tipping Point. And well, he, he's got this one book called uh, What the Dog Saw. And, and in that book, he has a chapter called, I think, most likely to succeed. And I don't have it in front of me, but, uh, but your, your comment made me think of that. And there's, there's really two industries that, that the industry has a tough time predicting who's going to be successful in it. Um, one of them is uh, quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, it's tough to find. And I, that's when most of us can relate to like, yeah, you know, trying to figure out who's going to be a uh, a college quarterback, they may be good in college, but that doesn't translate well. And you never, and there, there's not a specific metric on what's going to be successful. Um, and so he talks a lot about that. But the other one he talks about is financial services. Uh, if you, you can't look at a profile and say, you know what, someone's got an, an MBA or someone's got a, an Ivy League degree or someone's got, you know, fill in the blank. Uh, sometimes it just takes an X factor that, that we haven't figured out yet. Uh, that is going to be successful. But I will say one thing that I've noticed, and I've been doing this for about seven and a half years. Uh, it, it helps if someone has a little bit of a financial uh, safety net, and a lot of veterans have that, you know, uh, and it also helps if you have a little bit of grit. And you know what? A lot of veterans have that as well. So um, there, there's no promises, but it seems like uh, veterans are, are actually um, might be well suited for a career in financial services. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that. Um, and I know a lot of them, you know, try it out. It's super, you know, I've talked to tons of people who, you know, as clients, because it's really who I work with most of the time are people that are retiring out of the military and they say, hey, I really like what you do. How do I do that? <laughs> and, and so I say, I tell you what, let's get you through today and then we'll book a two hour, uh, you know, another Zoom chat or something because, it's going to take me a while to, you know, I've gotten to the point where I've written it down and I have talking points to talk about with somebody. I, I call it kind of like a mentorship call. If somebody wants to work in the industry about the things that I've learned over the last few years, um, because you're absolutely right. What are these, what are the numbers? Like they say, 95% of people don't make it past their second year. Oh, I don't know if it's that high, but it is, it, or, it, yeah. it's pretty astounding. It, I, I like to call it the three-year desert. Uh, yeah. If folks can, can somehow, get through the three-year desert on, on the on the other side of that 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 walk that journey is is can be an amazing uh career that is very rewarding uh is as you're helping others you're serving others you're and you're and it can be uh, very financially rewarding as well i like that i'm going to put that right up there with a, another guest that mike and i had uh, harrison bernstein told us to stop calling them soft skills he said call them high human skills 
So I'm going to use yours. I'm going to put yours right up there with Harrison's, the three-year desert. Well, you know, and, and I like that, uh, the, the high human skills, because I, I use the term soft skills a lot. And, and one of the things that when I can, and I've talked to a lot of folks that are transitioning every, every week, I, I probably go through 200 resumes uh, a year. So, so I'm on top of this, this, uh, this transitioning, veterans transition. These are all veterans that are transitioning. And, and, um, and one of the things that's not intuitive for those that are, that are transitioning um, is a lot of times you think of what is my hard skill? You know, I, I fix helicopters, therefore I'm going to fix helicopters, you know, and in, in my, my new career. Um, and, and just to get out of that mindset and expand the aperture a little bit and, and think of all those soft skills, or I, I like the way you say the high human skills and think about, you know what, there, there's a lot of things that, uh, that veterans bring to the table in that arena that are, man, there's a huge demand for, whether it's, uh, you know, um, uh, that, that self-discipline, of course, whether it's working in teams successfully, that's huge whether it's working in a culture where integrity is the currency, man, that, those are things that, that just come naturally to, to the three of us, right? Uh, and then, then, you know, working in, in a very diverse uh, culture, you know? Uh, and and uh, so there's a lot of things that, that just come very naturally to us that, that is in high demand out there that are, that are not intuitive, the folks that are transitioning. So it's, it's good for them to, to be thinking about that and opening up their aperture. And mine almost went the on the other end of the spectrum where I've talked about it before, where I felt like I was the the puppy that was on the leash for 30 years and somebody finally let me out the front door and I'm like, oh, wow, I can do all of this. And now I have to try to figure out what is it that I really want to do and really narrow it back down because it's almost overwhelming what is out there for us and, and, and the possibilities are truly endless except for the hard skill if you want to go be a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer or you know some of the computer programming but even some of those a lot of those skill sets are attainable through a lot of these certificates that you can get through a lot of these veterans organizations if you want to go into it i think those are those aren't very far that's not med school so it's attainable and not very far off but you know it's overwhelming somewhat to me as I walk out the, the door, walk out the gate that final time, you know, I, I'm narrowing it down. Okay. I don't, I don't want to do that. You know, it's, I'm narrowing my left and right limits going, okay, not that, not that, not that, not that. And I'm walking it down and trying to really figure out what is it exactly that I really want to do and figuring that out. Cause it, yeah, it, it, you could go from, you go from one end, you go to the other, you know, cause you initially, before I went to Capitol Hill thought, well, I guess I'm stuck doing EOD stuff because that's what I've been doing for 20 years. And then when you really start looking into really your value, it, it can swing almost, you know, 180 degrees the other way. And then you're, you know, you've got that pendulum and you're trying to figure out where that pendulum lies and then really figure out where your interests are and, you know, really what gets you up in the morning. You know, Mike, there's, there's something else that, uh, that your comments right there. And I know you're, I know you're kind of at that place right now, right? You're, you're kind of looking out about six months or so. And, and I, I will, one thing I will, I will share with you and, and, and with, with, the, with, with the listeners, and that is, um, uh, as you start thinking about what do you really want to do, don't put too much pressure on yourself to get it right. Uh, because, and, I, and I'm speaking for myself and a lot of folks that say, oh my goodness, I only transitioned once, I need to nail the landing here. 
And, and, uh, and you know what, the, the, the truth of the matter is you don't, there's, there are some things you have to do and I can, I can talk about those, but those are more about tying up loose ends in the military, you know, so it's kind of looking backward, but, but looking forward on your next career, you don't have to put so much pressure that we all tend to do, you know, about getting it right, because inevitably you're going to end up uh, walking through that door, uh, you know, stepping on, you know, on, onto that, that new phase, you're still going to be breathing, uh, you know, and, and then you are, you're going to look around and whatever you're doing, you're going to do it for six months. And then you're going to take a look around and everything is going to look a lot different after six months that you can't even imagine. You, we can try to say, no, this is what it's going to be. This is what it's going to look like, but you don't know until you do it. And, and you're really on a lily pad. You're not on a, on a platform that you can't get off. You're on a lily pad and, and you can, you can move from there and you just can't move from there without getting to that first lily pad. Yeah. I think it's developed over the years of having, you know, the commitment mindset where from an enlisted perspective, you're doing, enlistment contract so you you're playing the chess game you know my first enlistment was six years so i'm thinking in my back of my mind this next move is a four to six year move whatever this move on the chessboard is reality it's not it's it's completely there's no real there's actually a two-week time limit if i'm really being honest because i could go to work the next day and go you know what this place really isn't for me and i'm sorry here's my two-week notice i I really i really want to leave you know because i think that's what the majority of places really ask for in all honesty but we still have that mindset even from the officer perspective you look at it from you know if they're going to move you from a to b you still owe them they got you to b you owe them b before you resign or otherwise it's not going to be look good upon you. So I think we still look at it in years long commitments when we move that next piece on the chessboard before we take our finger off the piece. And that's a real hard thing to get over with this next move out of the military. And I think you put it in great perspective by saying, you know, you need to make sure you exit the aircraft correctly, because that is the one thing that if you don't do it right, you are going to pay for that for a while and that exit and that landing if that improper exit is going to make that landing hurt and it can be very painful if you don't get it right. You know, and, and I'll, I'll mention two things, maybe three things that you do need to, to get right. There's a lot you can get wrong, but, but Mike, you, you, you teed this up really nicely and that uh, looking, looking backwards on, on the, on tying up those loose ends and getting off the aircraft carrier within uh, uh, correctly. One of them is, is make sure all your medical stuff is, is, uh, is wrapped up. And uh, now it's not, not that you can't overcome that later, but boy, it's just a lot harder. And so take that time and I'd say a year out and then certainly hundred days at uh, the 180 day mark, you should be submitting whatever you got in your packaging. And you know, a lot of us go through our military career and you got aches and pains and this and that, and you just ignore them. Like, you know, that's just our, our, our nature is just to kind of ignore it and move on. But, but you don't want to do that when you're in that year of transition and you gotta, you gotta go get everything checked out and make sure everything's documented. And that's, that's really important to do. Um, and the other thing, and this is against, I think really goes against our, our DNA from what are the culture that we come from. And that is uh, the last six months. And I'd put you there right there, Mike, you need to be a little selfish, you know, because I, a lot of times you think this organization that I owe, uh, um, cannot survive without me. You know, <laughs> I am like the invaluable person. And so I'm going to be working 
late nights, you know, uh, weekend, whatever, because because uh, I know that they need me. But at some point, and I would say about six months out, you need to start actually consciously because it's not it goes against our grain to be a little selfish and say, I need to start preparing not only wrapping up the everything I've got on the military side, and, but also I need to start networking and doing those things to, to start prepping for your for your next life. And um, and believe it or not, that uh, that organization is going to be able to survive even even with you starting to uh, prepare and, and, and the, the organization is better for it. I, I remember, I say that all the time to people like the, the day after I walked out of EOD mobile unit six, nobody was like, Oh, what are we going to do without Trevor here? Right. <laughs> they were just like, Hey, next. Um, I, you know, I think that's a healthy attitude to have too. And, you know, I pounded that into Mike too. I was like, Hey man, be selfish, take care of you, you know, don't care. Because if, if anybody does, you know, say anything bad about you, guess what? I guarantee when they get to that point, they're going to be doing the same thing. Um, or if they should. Yeah, if they're not, they're going to pay for it. Yeah. If, I, I, I remember my, my first tour, uh, I was on an amphib and, um, and there was this J.O. that, and he was an LDO and this guy was salty to earth and he just seemed like knew everything about everything. And I was this ensign and this guy was, was rotating off. And I was thinking, and I, and I said, man, I'll tell you what, I don't know how we're going to replace a guy like you. Cause I mean, you just seem to know everything. And he said, Ted, it, it's going to, the, the amount of time it's going to take to replace me is about the amount of time as I take my fist out of a bucket of water. That's about how long it's going to take to replace me. <laughs> and that always stuck with me. You know, a guy that I had such high esteem for and, and really was uh, a huge contributor. And you know what? He was he's pretty spot on with that. That's hey, an yeah. outstanding analogy. <laughs> that's a really good one. Yeah. So I guess that's a, I'm going to have to, I'm going to put that right up there too. It's a three-year desert. Uh, <laughs> so could you maybe tell us a little bit about like your post-transition, uh, you know, how things went for you? Yeah, so I, I was always interested in financial services. I've always been interested in, in um, uh, building wealth and investing. I was, I was, I, back in the, the 90s, I headed up an investment club back when that was in vogue. So I, was always, I always had an interest in that. And I actually found the American College as a, uh, I think, a, maybe a lieutenant commander, commander. And I, and, I, and I started taking classes for the CFP, believe it or not. And uh, thinking that when I transition at 20 years, I'm going to get out. And then it was right around that time. I think uh, uh, I may have some of the dates wrong, but I know that it was around the time the 9/11. And I'm like, you know what? I'm 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 sticking around. I want to continue serving my country, and and we got some stuff to do here. And and so so I put all that on the back burner, and then uh, served for another whatever, you know. And um, and so when that, when I was coming up on on transition at, at uh, 27 years. Um, and so this was about, you know, eight, nine years ago, I was looking back to financial services because I knew I really had an interest and I really did not want to go through that revolving door and do something in DOD or a contractor. And that's great for a lot of people, but just for me, I thought, um, and I'm going to go back to what some Mike said, I, 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 my mindset was like, you know what, I'm going to get out of, of this after serving 27 years, I'm going to be less than 50. It's very important to me to get out of there before I turn 50 years old. And I said, I'm in my forties. I can do anything. I'm not going to play for the Chicago Bulls, but I can do just about anything. I got so much time in front of me and I got the energy and I've got a lot of, 
and I want to do something different. Um, and so, so I thought I was, I was going to go into financial services. So um, I, I um, found out about the, the American College, and they were just starting up this scholarship program. Uh, and I threw a, a, a board that I was on, and, I, and, I, and he told me about the scholarship program. Trevor, I don't know, you probably don't know this. I actually applied for a scholarship uh, just like you did. Uh, I was awarded a scholarship while I was still on active duty. I transitioned out and I was taking my classes just like you're taking them now. And, um, and I went to work for Merrill Lynch and I was working for Merrill Lynch for about a year. And the college called me up and said, you know, we want you to take over this program. So, uh, so I, I took over the program and they hired me on, on November 11th, believe it or not, on Veterans Day. That was my first day at, at work. And, um, and uh, so now I, I can totally relate to those that are applying for scholarships because I've been on that side of the table. And now uh, I do the interviews and, and, uh, and, and uh, award scholarships for folks that are interested in a second career. So it's, it's been terrific. Yeah, and I, well, again, you know, I'm grateful that I was able to take advantage of that opportunity. And I, you know, I see the, the messages that come out and talk about all the people that got, um, got scholarships awarded to them. And uh, that always makes me happy to see like other people learning about that and being able to take advantage of it. So could you maybe uh, talk a little bit about, um, I, I could talk about, I think you're probably better suited to talk about what the American College of Financial Services is and, and how that process works for the scholarships. Sure, sure. So, so let me just kind of baseline everybody. The, the American College of Financial Services, we're, we're a nonprofit academic institution. We're located in uh, right outside of Philadelphia in King of Prussia. We've been around since 1927. So we, we've, been, we've been around and we've been distance learning since 1927. It used to be correspondence and then, uh, then of course, internet-based. And, and it's all designed for professionals. And, the, and our, first, let me, the, our first designation was called the Chartered Life Underwriter, the CLU. And it was really to professionalize the life insurance business, which was a little bit of a wild, wild west back in the 20s, right? And so and it was, really was an effort to professionalize that, that industry with a designation. So you knew if somebody has this designation, they have gotten a professional education. And it was designed for, for folks that, have, are, that are full-time, full-time job, and they, they take this, they get their education on the side. So we've, we've, we've obviously, we've grown since then. In the 80s, we, we expanded to things like the uh, Chartered Financial Consultant. We've got other, the CHFC that you're going for, and, and actually that, that's the designation I have as well. We have um, other designations like the Wealth Management Certified Professional, the WMCP. We have one called the, uh, the RICP, the Retirement Income Certified Professional. That's uh, one that actually I'm taking coursework now for. I'm a, I'm a student as well, Trevor, so you never stop learning, right? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and so um, uh, so, we, we, so that's a little bit about the college. Um, and, and we have tremendous reach. One, one out of every five financial advisors in the country has gotten their education through the American College of Financial Services. So I like to say we're kind of the 800-pound gorilla in space. If, you, if, you, if you're not in the financial services industry, you've probably not heard of us. But if you're in that industry, then you probably have heard of us because we, we've got a, a, a pretty big reach. Um, so that's a little bit about the college. Uh, we've got some of the you know, most amazing thought leaders in our, our faculty and that kind of thing. Um, but let me talk a little about the Veterans Center. So we, we stood up the Veterans Center um, in 2012. Like I say, you know, and I, I came on in, in, um, in 2013. And, um, 
it was through a, a generous donation from the Penn Mutual Insurance Company. It was a 10-year spend down, which actually the 10-year spend down is, uh, is coming to an end here very soon. And, um, and, our, and we recognized that, that there was a lot of, at that time in the U.S., there was a lot of veterans that had a very high unemployment rate, about 50% higher than the national average. The national average was pretty high at that time, too. And so it was an effort to um, help those, that particular segment with their second careers. It was an effort to, to, to recognize and, and honor their service. And, and thirdly, perhaps most just as importantly as the other two is, is uh, the industry recognizes it needed to be injected with some talent, so with some gravitas and, some, and really get some, some, some new blood into the, to be financial advisors. So, so this was a, a vehicle through a scholarship program to encourage folks to consider financial services as a second career. And that's, and that's what we've been doing. And, you know, I would, I'll say that uh, you know, we're, we're going to pass uh, sometime later this summer, we're going to pass, uh, I'll, I'll award my 1000th scholarship, which is awesome. Uh, we'll pass $5 million in the value of the scholarships awarded. I remember this got started with, with $2.5 million and, and I, I've already doubled that. And we're in our corpus, we're just getting started. We're just getting started. And right now I've got about 450 active students right now, veterans on scholarship that are, that are taking their coursework and, and, and they're gonna get through the program. They're gonna, they're gonna make an impact on the industry and, and, and more importantly, they're gonna, they're gonna better the financial lives of their clients, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I think that's awesome. You know, for me, I've, you know, the stuff that I'm doing now versus when I was in the MBA program, I feel like I'm, I'm learning things that are a lot more relevant to what I'm actually doing that I think have helped me and, and shape my own perspective. And, you know, you and I were talking last week too about, uh, you know, some other things that I've kind of learned from my own experience um, as far as like how to be successful in this industry. But, you know, that I just, I think that's, that's awesome. Like for me, I was like, Oh man, I don't know. Like I was looking at all these courses uh, that are out there from all these other companies that provide that stuff. And, you know, it's in the long run, really, is it that much money? No, but it's, you know, if you're just getting started and, and if you were like me, like I got out and I was living off my pension and VA disability and a couple other, you know, passive income streams that I had. So I wasn't hurting. I was able to absorb that hit a little bit better, right? The, the not having, right. making a lot of money, because I'll, I'll tell you this, if, if you think you're going to retire out of the military with no prior experience and go into this and start making $200,000 a year, uh, it's not going to happen. However, if, if you can, you know, there, there's some companies out there that have some programs where they provide a little bit of income, uh, you know, for a short period of time, but eventually, you know, you're going to have to learn, like, this is something where you're, yeah, I talk about this at the honor foundation when I'm talking to all the, the fellows there, I'm like, look, you don't know what, what big, big boy, big person rules are now until you get out of the military. We always say that all the time. Hey, you know, it's big boy rules here, but I didn't really understand what that meant until I got out. And I was like, Oh, my success is completely on me, right? I'm responsible for, for going out and getting all this stuff done. And it can be tough at times because there's all these different things that you think you have to learn and you don't really know how to prioritize, right? Right. So if you don't have a mentor who has, 
who has taken the time and putting in the thought into like, Hey, here's how you make somebody successful in this industry. Um, it's going to be tough for you. And so, you know, I'm kind of doing that right now. I, you know, I'm working with a couple of guys, Oh fives that are a few years out and they're like, Hey, I really like what you're doing. I like all, I see what you're doing on, on LinkedIn and stuff. And, and I think I would like to do that for a living. So, you know, the discussion you and I had was like, Hey, let's teach people how to, uh, to, to get people to want to work with them first and foremost. Right. Because we know like, that's, what's really important. Like you could be the best financial advisor in the world, but if you don't know how to get people to want to chat with you or how to go out and, and, you know, talk to potential clients, like you're, you're just not going to be successful. Right. And I think that's, that's where a lot of people get overwhelmed with that is like, I don't, I don't know how to do any of this stuff. So, I'm excited for this because now I have these guys that are going to be on active duty for three years. And I'm like, Hey, let's not even talk about any of the financial services stuff right now. Let's teach you how to do personal branding first. Let's teach you how to go out and engage a large group of people and get them to follow your content and, and, and want to talk to you to, to the point where I don't have to go out and ask people to have cups of coffee. I have people reaching out to me and saying, Hey, do you have time? have some time to chat. I had some questions about some of the things I always see you talking about. You know, you mentioned the, the, the cups of coffee and, uh, and, I, and your audience probably knows what that means, but it's worth, you know, I know that comes from the honor foundation. I've worked with the, with the honor foundation myself uh, on that and, and their, their whole transition and the idea of networking and just having a cup of coffee with someone. And that is a powerful, powerful thing, you know, because one of the things, and this, this also goes, speaks to folks transitioning, and, and kind of getting a little bit out of the comfort zone because one of the things where we typically have trouble doing is, is asking people for help, right? That's not really part of our, our makeup. And, and the, the fact of the matter is people want to help you, you know, people really do want to help you. And, and so asking someone, hey, you, you have 20 minutes. I want to just want to have a cup of coffee with you and just talk about what you're doing and talk about what I'm doing. And, and, uh, and you never know where that conversation is going to go. You're not asking for anything, but, but just through that conversation, through a, a 20 minute cup of coffee, you, you, you refresh a, an old friendship. Uh, maybe you meet someone new, you, you expand your network. You can always ask them, Hey, is there anyone else that, you know, you hear what I'm doing? Is there anyone else that maybe I, I should uh, be talking to? And suddenly your network starts going up exponential when you're in the hunt for that transition for that job. And it's a it's a, just a great concept that uh, I hadn't heard it put that way until I got associated with the Honor Foundation. I thought it was I thought it was terrific. And I, you know, Mike Mike talks about that all the time. He's like, I when I found out about that, I I love it. So he's always, well, I'll let him tell you the. <laughs> Well, it's, it's a thing too, because you, for years and years and years, you wear a uniform that has your name and your rank and your designator, your EOD seal for forfare, whatever. And when you walk into a room, you either have instant recognition or automatic cloud or whatever you want to call it. We don't have that out there. So you have to develop that. And, and that takes time. And it takes, uh, it takes you having to get uncomfortable and, and, you, and you have to be, you have to be real with yourself. And, and I wasn't, I wasn't comfortable with that at the beginning and, you know, and the honor foundation and their concept really forces you to do that. 
and that's a really like you said it's a really powerful and awesome thing that they do so and i love doing it now and and you learn so much by doing that not only expanding your network but you're doing you know active research into industry and job roles and really what interests you and you find out you know maybe not it may not be what you want to do even you you talk to somebody in a you know we had one of our first guests on that found out through cups of coffee what he really thought his passions were that wasn't it and he didn't want to do that through cups of coffee so you can you can do a lot of pivots through cups of coffee and your interests and in, in where you're going to go and the path you're going to take after the military and i'm not done having cups of coffee and i don't even think i'll be done having cups of coffee when i land my next career move or whatever because i think it's just an awesome thing to do and i like sitting down and bsing with people anyway and you know the podcast is one thing and just sitting down and having cups of coffee i mean you you were one of the first guests i think we actually got to sit down with people we actually knew before doing the podcast we actually got to sit down and have a cup of coffee with you last week in norfolk and that was that was awesome and yeah uh, i was gonna say that you know i think that's a that's a testimonial right there the three of us sat down and had a cup of coffee last tuesday or last friday and um, yeah and uh, and just based on that, it's like, hey, let's do this podcast. And and I feel comfortable uh, calling uh, Mike now. Uh, and I knew Trevor already, but I feel comfortable calling either one of you and asking a favor if something comes up. And hopefully, you feel the same. Absolutely. Yeah, I was gonna say I've been retired for three plus years now, and I still go out and have cups of coffee with people, even if it's somebody that there's. I don't care if there's like any business involved. I just. I love going out and chatting with people and I changed my perspective too on, you know, when you're talking about networking, I really changed my perspective on meeting people at events. I already said, you know, I don't do my, my elevator pitch anymore. I got sick of that. I just go out and say, make friends. But um, you know, a lot of service members uh, they, they, they go to some of these networking events and they, they pull the, you know, the, the middle school dance syndrome takes over, right? They're afraid to go up and talk to anybody or, or not me. I go up and, Hey, what's up? How, how are you, man? I'm Trevor. Nice to meet you. And I do that, you know, 15, 20 times. I'm, I have no qualms about it anymore. And it's, yeah, but, it's, <laughs> but you know, Trevor, I will say though, that, that uh, for those that are transitioning, I mean, so you, you're kind of successfully on the other side now, right? But those that are transitioning, it, it can be so intimidating. To, so to having a structure of, of an elevator speech is a great, I think, is a great vehicle because it, it gives you the confidence in that structure because we all like structure, right? And so now you have a structure and, and you, you already know, you don't have to think about it, you don't have to get nervous, you can just spill that out. But, but once you're kind of beyond that, you can grow beyond it like you have, Trevor, and that's, that means you have, you have evolved, my son. Thank you, Sensei. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, it, it's just, I, it's my personality too, right? I, I love going out and talking to people. We always hear people say, oh, you know, don't have a pitch, just be authentic. Well, that's me. I, Mike can attest to this. I'm a giant goofball. Um, I always have been, you know, I'm the guy cracking jokes in the middle of the gunfight. And, um, you know, so I, it's just how I am. And I love going out and talking to people and I genuinely love to, that's why we're doing this podcast, right? I love helping people get through stuff. It just, it makes me feel good. And, 
and going out and meeting new people and figuring out new ways to do that. Like you, you never know what kind of opportunity is going to come out of something like that. Just going up and talking to somebody, um, you know, one of my neighbors that lives down the street here, I went up and said hi to him one day. I found out he's the guy that owns Bob FM, like the radio station. <laughs> hey, there's a new channel for your podcast. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> um, but I've met all kinds of, of, of great people doing that. And uh, so it's been a lot of fun for me. Um, and I think like, that's something that uh, that's one of those high human skills that, you know, I think if you want to be successful in financial services, you, you can't be shy. You, you can't do that. Right. Uh, if you're shy, you're going to be hungry, right. You're, you're not going to last. And I got to tell you, I, I talked to quite a few people, who get out, they're excited. They say, Hey, yeah, I want to go out and help people and do all this stuff. And I'm like, that's great, but it's not enough. You, you have to understand that, uh, you know, this is the, it's kind of like, um, I guess it's a nice blend between uh, science and art, right. Being able, cause a lot of people I think are good at, at communicating in the military and, and reading body language and being able to interpret things. But, um, you know, you also have to, I think it, having that dynamic mindset too, like being able to shift gears quickly and, um, you know, that's important, but I, I know I'm going off on a tangent here. I'll go down the rabbit hole and talk about this for three hours if I don't shut up, but, uh, <laughs> you know, so there, there is a lot more to it than, you know, it's okay. Obviously, yes, you have to have that mentality, I think, to help make you authentic and get people to want to work with you. Um, you know, have that genuine desire to help people. And then the other piece of that is knowing like, okay, how do I help somebody? And Mike and I had a, a, a conversation about this before, right? If, you know, I think I've, I've said this, like, if somebody hires me, they're not paying me to be their best friend, right? They're paying me to be the guy who, who says like, hey, here's what you need to do, right? This isn't, you know, we aren't, we aren't, yeah, we can go drink beers on the back porch, but I have to tell you, like, I have an obligation to you to, to help you, you know, figure out what's in your best interest to get something done. And I think that that mindset is lost on a lot of people that get new to the industry. And, you know, eventually it just leads to them saying, okay, this isn't for me. I'm going to go do something else. So I think so it's, go ahead, I think that's why it's so key to have a real solid mentor or a few mentors within whatever industry you're going into because I can't tell you how many career development boards I've conducted as a command master chief that I really get into the nuts and bolts of really what are you doing and why are you doing what you're doing because I think it comes down to a simple thing like uh, you ask a guy you know or a gal what do you want to do and they're like well I want to become faster in 100 meters and okay, what are you doing to improve that? Well, I'm doing bench press every week. I mean, it's a simple, and you just have to go. It's sometimes such a mis mismatch on what they're doing to be successful and what, or what they're not doing to be successful. And it's a, it takes a solid mentor to go, Hey, you know, uh, working hard at this, isn't really going to get you there. You really need to back up and really look at focusing a little bit more and, you know, you have only a finite amount of resources, focus it a little bit more over here. And I think you're going to see a lot more success going in this direction. 
you know, you know, Trevor, you, you touched on the importance of, uh, you know, serving others. And, uh, I, I just wanted just a comment on that. Um, first of all, the, uh, uh, beyond the, the financial services profession, this, this notion of serving others is an important aspect for folks to wrap their head around, um, no, no matter where they are, whether they're transitioning or wherever, but, but, you know, our, our economy, our, this cap, this wonderful capitalistic economy that we live in, in the U S is built on the notion that the more people you can figure out how to serve, the more rewards you're going to get, uh, whether it's, you know, deep and wide or both, but you figure out how to serve other people and you're going to get rewarded. And so, uh, so this idea that I'm going to figure out how to serve people, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to develop a product that they want, or I'm going to develop a service, or I'm going to provide something. And, uh, and that is one almost surefire way for success. And, and I think that that's an area that I can say that, uh, that military have a leg up because they, that's a little bit part of the DNA that of they're, they're inclined to naturally want to serve others. They, 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 that's just part of the, the service nature that we have. So, but recognizing that, I think, is important. That goes well beyond financial services. Yeah. I mean, it worked for Jeff Bezos. Yeah. He's doing all right. <laughs> so far, so good. So, yeah. So, yeah um, well, I, I wanted to make sure that we get some of this information out there in case somebody's really interested in pursuing one of these scholarships. What does that process look like um, for getting, you know, from ground zero? So, um if so, so first of all, I, I like to say nothing happens, nothing happens in my business in, until someone starts an application. Uh, and so really it's, a, it's going to, to my website. And, uh, and once you get to the website on, on, you can, you can go all over the website, but on every page, there's a big red button uh, in the upper right-hand corner that says apply here. You cannot miss it and click on that button and it'll take you to the application. The application takes about I don't know, Trevor, how long? Maybe 30 minutes? Yeah, I think it was pretty quick. I mean, it was it was a while ago for me. Um, yeah, but, it, yeah, but it, it's we we try to make it so it's not like you know, uh, it's it, it's all it's all fairly quick. The longest part of the application is we ask for three references, and you have to put the email addresses of three references, and then that then once we have that email, we go out and ask the references some questions. And getting those questions back from the references, as you can imagine, that's usually the long pull intent, and that takes a little while. Um, and then, and then once once we get a completed application, uh, then then we start then we schedule uh, an interview. And right now, it's about we have a pipeline of about three months, believe it or not, of uh, of interviews. Uh, it's a very deliberate process that I put together, and so the the long pull is is getting to maybe it's about two two months between two and three months. But once you get to that interview, things happen very, very quickly. Uh, uh, we'll award the scholarship uh, that's going to be awarded the, the same week as the interview. And then uh, I've got this guy, Rick Nail, uh, on the staff that is amazing. He's a former Marine. And, uh, and he gets you. Yeah, Trevor, you know, you know, Rick, you know, yep. he, he, uh, he'll get you uh, enrolled in your class perhaps the next week. So, <laughs> so you're off to the races. Funny story about that. I tested out of investments, uh, investment planning. I and I emailed him and I said, Hey, Rick, I just, I just, uh, passed, um, which one is that? 328, whatever. And, uh, it was, so the classes, if you know, they start a new class now over the first Thursday of every month. And I had just taken that test 
I think it was the last or the Wednesday, right? The day before that class I was like, Hey, I just passed, uh, you know, investment planning. And he emailed me back about 30 minutes later. He's like, Hey, good to go. I just, I just enrolled you in the next class. <laughs> it was That's like, Rick. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Like quick turnaround. And um, yeah, he's on it. He is, he is absolutely on it. By the way, I just realized I said nothing happens until you go to our website and I, I didn't give the website. So let me, uh, Give the website. We'll, we'll put it up in the the show notes too. So. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. But uh, dot the American College dot edu. Yeah, and you know, I you guys just revamped the curriculum too, which I, I was like, okay, I wonder how this is going to go. I actually I like the new format. Um, Brightspace. Yeah, using Brightspace. So you know, if people don't know, they're basically college courses. It's just like taking a regular college course, um, depending on the program you're in. I think the, what's the, the new one, the wealth management certified professional, that's just like one big long course, right? It's one big long course. Yeah. yeah. The RACP is three courses and typically it takes between uh, two to four months to pass a course mm-hmm. and, uh, and, it, and it's on your own time. Uh, you know, you, you schedule it on whenever your, whatever your battle rhythm is, you'd like to study in the morning uh, at lunchtime or in the evening, whatever it is. And then when you're ready, you, you know, you take the practice quizzes, you take the, you take the practice test. And when you pass that practice test, you're ready to sit for the test. You go down to, to, uh, to, to sit in the, the testing center and, and you know, immediately whether you passed or failed and you move on. Yep. And I've got, uh, let's see, I'm on three thirty three, So I have this one and one other course to go. Um, I, I'll tell you, you know, I was a little bit worried when I started the, the three thirty three um, because we're working in groups uh, but I actually like it. It's, it's been fun. Uh, other group projects I've had, I was like, oh man, this is going to be miserable. I hate group projects, but, uh, I, the, I think the way that you guys have redone the curriculum is awesome. And, you know, I think it's, it does a better job of, of helping people understand this stuff and get through the material, but that's great to hear. That's great to hear. Yeah. It's a, we continue to try to Look at new ways, and, and the, the faculty that, that we've got is uh, is just uh, amazing. You know, constantly being quoted in in all kinds of different journals and and uh, newspapers and stuff like that. So yeah, good stuff. Yeah, well, I yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more. But so you know, for somebody who who does want to to get into that, and you want to learn a little bit about it, you know, because I think Mike Mike and I have this conversation a lot. You know, Mike has a master's degree, way smarter. He's like, I think uh, when I sit down with Mike, I'm just like, I feel like, uh, you know, he's, uh, how do I say this without making it sound like he's way older than me? Cause he's only, I don't know, not that much older, but I always, I always remember, you know, Mike was my first team chief and I always thought like, man, this guy is like, uh, what, what's the, he's kind of like one of those really old wise dudes. <laughs> but mike's a well-read person if you talk to him and you're like oh wow you know i think part of that comes from dealing with with uh young men like me all of his career and i think that adversity uh me and scott dayton and a couple other guys but um i think you know having that adverse uh, ad- adversity really shapes your perspective um, and you know, cause I, I got my payback, you know, I had, uh, I had my own versions of me when I was a new guy later on, but, 
You know, so we talked about that, you know, using this instead of going out and getting the four-year degree or, you know, a master's or PhD or something like that. um, I I think that that does a, you guys do a fantastic job of giving people that ground level knowledge that they need to be successful. Yeah. And the other thing, there's no, there's no commitment with the scholarship. It's not like, oh, okay, you finished two courses and, and decided to bail this. You owe us the, the, the back pay on the two courses. No, we, we, I like to say we're in the opportunity business. We're dropping a bunch of lines in the water. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the, the nice thing about this and, and Trevor, I'm sure you, you know, you'll, you'll Roger up on this, but so much of the material, forget about helping clients. It helps you, you know, it, yeah. it, it, it helps you in your own, you know, personal financial journey and, uh, and, and making good and smart decisions and things like that. So, uh, so it's, it's something we can all use. We can all get better uh, finance. We can all get smarter financially, right. And, and put the money to work for us and, and uh, instead of, so we don't have to work as hard for it. Right. Yeah. And it's, you know, I, I tell this, I say this all the time, like, you know, the company, I'm, we do our live sessions. I'm like, if somebody comes and talks to me and says, I want to know what stocks to buy, I'm like, I'm not the right person for you, right? Go go look at like Motley Fool or something like that. If if you need, if you're like, hey, I need you to help me forge a path ahead, right? That's, that's what I do, right? The macro kind of um, strategy, like, and I think, you know, you guys like the program, that's why I'm doing the program that I'm doing, the Chartered Financial Consultant, because it actually covers that that macro strategy, right? And I, I just thought, well, okay, this is a good fit because you look at taxes, you look at education planning and uh, investment planning, estate planning, um, insurance. Like it's you cover the whole gambit, and uh, that you know when I looked at it, I was like, okay, this is absolutely what I need. The the, the MBA program, the supply chain management, I don't really, I don't really deal with a lot of supply chains in my line of work. Um, so I, I thought it was a good fit. And, you know, I, I'm not going to tell people not to go out and get an advanced degree. I'm just going to say, make sure it, you know, if you're going to go that route, make sure it makes sense to do that. Because you could be like me and say, hey, I went out and I'm working on this MBA and not realizing, like, I wish I would have known about this program a couple of years before I started it. You know, the other, uh, the other area that's worth talking about, uh, well, I'll mention too, the, the, um, you, know, you mentioned all, all the different courses that you're doing in, in building wealth and the other thing, but there's so many people in our society now, the baby boomers that are done building their wealth. Now they're kind of, let's just say on the back nine and they're, they're ready to get into the distribution phase. And how do you start spending down that, that wealth that they've successfully built? And that could be just as complicated and just as tricky as building the wealth, you know, as far as coming up with the right tax strategy or right, you know, it's all about income streams, multiple income streams. How do you develop that? And, and, uh, and, and what, what's the sequence of that you want to start selling things down or, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and, uh, and that's what you learn in, in the retirement income certified professional. So there's, I mean, the, the number of baby boomers that are retiring every day right now is eye-watering. And they're all out there and they need some help on figuring that out because that's one, you only do that once, right? I guess you could retire a couple of times. We, we're yeah, all going to retire a couple of times, right? But, uh, but um, and, and by the way, uh, for, for those that are, that serve in the military for 20 plus years and, and have a pension, you know, you talk about an unbelievable income stream. You know, I, I like to think of that as a several million dollar bond portfolio that's not going to go anywhere. 
And, and that allows you to maybe approach the rest of your inv- investments a little differently. Right? Yeah. Well, I, I tell, I show that to people all the time, like, let's go on the high three calculator and they actually do a present value calculation of your retirement, right? Like, Hey, this income stream, if you needed a lump sum of cash right now, this is what that would be equivalent to. And, you know, I like what you were saying there too, because and I think Mike is in the same boat. We look at, I think a lot of people make the mistake of, of only looking at like, how do I build this big pile of, of money out up? Right. I, whereas I'm like, well, let's start with how, how was that going to come out on the back end, Right. Because, um, you know, when we're planning a, a jump, right. You know, we don't just look at like, how do we get everybody's parachute on and get them into the plane? We also look at like, Hey, where are we going to land? Right. <laughs> What are the winds like? What's, is there trees, power lines? Um, you know, if you've ever been out to Eloy, Arizona and hit a cactus at nighttime, uh, you know, you know, it's like, oh man, I wish I would have planned that a little bit better, but, <laughs> you know, coming in on a, but uh, I, I like that sentiment too, because that's, to me, it makes a lot more sense to plan that way instead of just, you know, the, the, there, there's certain people out there that I think focus on the wrong side of the equation. And I'm like, how do we get more people to understand what's really important there? Um, But, you know, that's, I won't, I won't go into that either because that's another thing where I'll talk for an hour. You know, the other thing, just the, 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 um, the behavioral science of it, you know, some of us are, we can, we can rake ourselves into different piles and some of us are spenders and some of us are savers. And those of us that are savers, um, actually, it's hard to, to, to get to that point where you now you're actually cracking into that nest egg and and uh, and spending it down. And so, yeah, so having the it. confidence that you're doing it correctly is a uh, is, is tough. Yeah. And so uh, that's I like that. Yeah, that's a good. I was thinking about that, too, because I, I know some people that have done a fantastic job of of saving and all that stuff. But now they won't touch it. Like, nope, nope, that's going there. I'm like, well, you know, when are, when are you going to touch it? And they're like, I don't know. Yeah. You know, they'll say, well, I mean, it's, it's worth this much now. Think about how much it'll be worth in 10 years. And <laughs> it, it's a very common problem. It's, yeah. it's, it really is. And, and it requires someone like, like you forever to kind of talk someone through it. You know, yeah. it's and, all, and I think it's, it's going to be all, okay. It's all about, as as you high, got a plan. Yeah, highlighting the opportunities available to you and figuring out which ones it makes more sense to pursue. So, well, uh, I know I know we're getting kind of close here on time, but uh, you know, I wanted to ask you what what piece of advice do you have for anybody who's transitioning and thinks that they might want to pursue something like this? Well, okay, so let me just general advice first, and and that's and that is you know when when you're transitioning you have to think about what are your priorities and, and really give it some thought. Don't, don't just like immediately, oh yeah, th- this, is, this is what I want. And I would say that the three, some of the three most important things to be consider is uh, where you live, how much money you make and what your job is. Um, and, and then really spend some time thinking about that and do some soul searching on, of those three, how would you rank them important? You know, some people, hey, I am going to live here I don't care what the job is. I don't care how much it pays, but I know I'm going to live here. So that's okay. That's good to know. At least you're making a conscious decision. For others, it may be, 
I don't care where I live. Uh, I don't care what the job is. I'll just want to maximize my income for the next five, 10, whatever years. And that, that's fine. At least you know that, that, you know, that, that that's where you're going. Uh, and others, it's like, I don't really care where I live. That's, you know, if I can live here, that's great. Or, or you know, the, the pay, you know, now that I got this pension, maybe I just want to do something I'm passionate about and that kind of thing. So those three, thinking through those things, and by the way, those things may shift a little bit as you get into the transition period, and that's okay, you know, uh, but, but, uh, but it's worth thinking about those and knowing which one is the most important, because if you get two of the three, then I think that's, that's terrific. If you get three out of three, you've hit a grand slam, but that's, don't don't expect you're probably gonna have to sacrifice at least one uh may, maybe two uh but that's important to think through um and and as far as the um the the financial services piece i would say that you know i talk to a lot of uh ceos uh, that are in this business i you know a lot of the folks that i where i get my funding i, I do a fundraiser each year by the way it's it's called the soldier citizen award and uh and the clan bake maybe that's worth saying a, a few things about uh, there's Pericles. Um, and that's how I fund the scholarships each year. So, and most of the, it's, it's a financial services company. So I get a chance to talk to a lot of the CEOs and, and C-suite folks in, in this uh, business. And let me tell you, the demand for talent is huge. It's off the charts. Uh, and and I, I think I'll, with, with the unemployment rate right now and, and a lot of the dynamics going on in our economy, there's a lot of demand for talent in a lot of industries. But I'll tell you in, in financial services, it is, I haven't, I've never seen it this high. Uh, so, so there's, you know, and so folks that bring with them the gravitas of military service and, and everything that brings that we've, we've already talked about. And they, they come in with a, with a little bit of education through a scholarship like that. It really can make them a very uh, attractive hire. Uh, and I think it would be very much in demand. So, um, uh, but if anyone wants to chat about it, of course, you know, feel free to, to Trevor, you can put my number, number up there. I feel free to, to, to give me a call. Uh, that's, I'm in, the, I'm in that, that business. You know, I, I want it to be a win for the transitioning veteran. I want it to be a win for the, for, for the college and them getting the education. And I also want it to be a, a win for the employer that hires them. Uh, and, and so it's a, it's a win across the board. Everyone that gets involved ends up, ends up uh, better for it. Yeah, I like it. Well, I was going to ask you that. Like, what's the what's the best spot that folks can get a hold of you? Is it LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, or just email? Yeah, probably uh, LinkedIn. You can you can find me on LinkedIn, or or you can you can put my email uh, up there as well. Ted.diggs at theamericancollege.edu. Okay. Day. Yeah, I'll put it in the show notes when we actually uh, get this published here in a, I think a week after next. So, Mike, what you got? Well, Ted, thanks for coming on. It's been great talking to you. I think what you're doing is great. It's a, it's such an awesome thing to have another route, another thing on the menu for folks when they're when they're exiting out the gate to to gravitate towards. And I think it's just such a a great path and a, and a great career for for folks to go after. Thanks for uh, putting that out there for us. Thanks for having me on. Really enjoyed it, guys. I look forward to our next cup of coffee. Absolutely. Heck yeah. Definitely. Well, hey, Ted Diggs with the Penn Mutual Center for Veterans Affairs through the American College of Financial Services. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing a little bit of information about this. You know, I'm more than happy to share my own experience going through one of the programs myself. If, if, you, uh, 
if you have any questions about it or if it's something I don't know, I'll just turn you over to Ted. So thanks again for coming on, Ted. Thank you for listening to the Get to Vet podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our channel and follow us on LinkedIn. If you'd like to come on the show, email us at Mike or Trevor at gettovet.net. That's get the number two vet.net and let us help you get to vet.